So how many of you here were here last week? All right, good. How many of you have been sleep deprived at all this week because of the Royals? Yeah. How many of you are like us and do not have cable and you have to revert to this thing called a radio? Anybody know what that is? A radio? Yes. I feel like my grandma, she's 92 years old. She lays in bed and at five, she gets to bed at five o'clock and she listens to the game. She wakes up on and off throughout the game until the game's over. That's kind of how we were. I just woke up in the middle of the night, refreshed my Sports Center app. Oh, they won. Woohoo! We celebrate. We go right back to sleep. It's awesome. It's awesome. I just couldn't stay away. And it's, it's like, a lot of pre- you know, like a lot of tension and pressure. You're listening. and uh, Anyway, but it's been exciting. We're glad. Obviously, they are winning. I mean, it makes, I don't know, makes money for somebody, right? For sure. For sure. Well, how many of you here last week and you got a chance to hear Billy's story? And were you blessed by that? Amen. Amen. And Billy's back with us today. We can give it up for Billy. So that was an incredible experience. We're glad you're here today. I uh, feel a little bit of pressure to do some jokes or something to make people laugh since there's a comedian in the room. But we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. How many of you have heard the Holy Spirit referred to as the Holy Ghost? Anybody grew up in a tradition where it was the Holy Ghost? All right, so I do kind of have a funny story. I was talking to a man here at the YMCA one day. His name is Reuben. Um, I joke with Reuben. I said, Reuben, you're my, you're my one black friend that I can tell everybody, hey, I have a black friend. His name is Reuben. And Reuben laughs about that because he calls me his only white friend. And so we get this thing going on. But Reuben, 78 years old, I believe, and he can still do push-ups and still can almost outshoot me on the basketball court. He's a pretty amazing guy. And he was telling me, hey, Pastor Brady, Pastor Brady, guess what? The other day, I got the Holy Ghost. I said, you did? Like it was some kind of like gift that he like opened it up and realized that all these years later that he, he had it the whole time, but he didn't realize it was there. And all of a sudden, he's got the Holy Ghost. I said, well, tell me about it. He's like, yeah, I was at church. They came and they prayed over me, and I got the Holy Ghost because I've never been the same since. It's like, Reuben, that is awesome, man. Tell me more about it. He's like, well, you know, my wife still says I'm a work in progress, but she goes, I'm different now. She goes, there's something different about me. And I'm thinking to myself, I am so encouraged that like God never gives up on us, right? Like he's, we're always a work in progress, still working and moving and, and changing. And even at 78 years old, God is still working on a guy like Reuben. And he says, I'm changing. My friends, my friends are like, hey man, let's go out and hang out and let's go do this. Whatever. No, I can't. I can't do that anymore because I got the Holy Ghost and I'm not the same person as I used to be. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, Reuben. I'm excited to hear that. And now I, I just to get, kind of get this thing off right from the very beginning. When, and you'll hear this in, our, in, a, in the teaching. We believe that obviously when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, comes to live inside of you and you have the Holy, you have the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now there are times in our lives and in my life in, in, including that there are times where I really feel God's presence in a strong and strong and powerful way. And then there are other times where I, where I don't. And most of the time when I don't, it probably has something to do with the fact that I'm not either being obedient or I'm not in prayer or I'm not in the Word or I'm not walking the way I'm supposed to be walking. I'm kind of quenching the Spirit. But there are other times when the Holy Spirit is so alive. Like for me, when I start to weep or I feel like crying, that's when the Holy Spirit, I feel like, is moving upon me at that particular time. Billy was apologizing to me for crying last week. I said, no, man, that's the Spirit of God moving and having his way in you. It just makes us tender. Like the Holy Spirit kind of tenderizes our hearts. So here's what we, as a church, this is what we, we put down in our beliefs about what we believe about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come, and we, have, we pass those out. Those are there if you haven't got one of those yet. The Holy Spirit has come to glorify Christ and to apply the saving work of Christ to our hearts. 
He convicts us of sin and draws us to the Savior. Indwelling our hearts, He gives new life to us, empowers and gives spiritual gifts for service as the body of Christ. He instructs and guides us into all truth and seals us for the day of redemption. So let us pray. Let us pray in the name of Jesus to the Father in heaven in the power of the Holy Spirit to receive what it is you have for us today, Lord. And I include myself in that prayer. Lord, that you would speak to me and through me by the power of the Holy Spirit because if the words aren't anointed with your Spirit, they're not powerful, they're just my words. And, and I just don't want it to be that way, God. And so I pray that just for the hearts and the, and the minds and the ears of those that are here today, those that will be maybe listening later on, that their hearts would be ready to receive your word. That they would ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill them today. To, and that they would feel you today in a new and fresh way. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so a little bit of teaching on the Holy Spirit. There are two different words, one in the Old Testament and one in the New. Well, there's more than just two, but there's two that kind of are the same in the Old and the New. And one of them is the Ruach, kind of like you have to <clears throat> clear your throat while you're saying that. The Ruach of God, the Hebrew word for God, which was in the very beginning, hovering over the waters. And then in the Greek, it is the pneuma of God. And they mean basically the same thing. Wind, the blowing of wind or breath of God. So think about this, like the breath of God hovering over the waters. And then God creates man and he breathes into man. That is part of creation. So, so literally, from beginning a time for us, I think he breathes his spirit into us. And then there's the fall of man, obviously, there's sin that enters in. And then from, from that point forward, God is continually working on getting us back to where we, where we were in the beginning. Like, by His Holy Spirit, getting us to experience the wind and the breath of God and to, for the Spirit to come and live inside of us and for Him to reveal who we really truly are in Him. And, then we'll, and we'll get to that point later. But some, from the beginning all the way out through the Bible, the, the, the Spirit is present. Now, in the Old Testament, you may be the Spirit would come on you for a period of time and then it would leave. Manifests itself, come, experience and power, comfort, convict, counsel, and then the Spirit would go. But in the New Testament, when, the, when Pentecost came, we believe that they were all there, they were praying, and the Holy Spirit came and rested upon the people. And from that moment on, the Spirit came to dwell in the hearts of believers, never to leave. You know, like the Spirit didn't come on you and then left you on your own device, but it came to live in you and empower you and encourage you. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. So it's th a few things about... Of the Spirit, as even we look through the Old Testament, he was with King David when he was asking God to create in him a pure heart after he had been caught in sin. And, he, and David even asked, God, please do not take the Holy Spirit from me. Like, when the Holy Spirit is with me, when I'm, in, when I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, I feel like I can accomplish so much more. Please don't take that away from me. Uh, he was with Jesus uh, at baptism in the form of a dove. You know, remember the story where Jesus was baptized, he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes rest upon him. That's why when I do this, uh, I'll do this funny, hey man, come here, come on up here, all right? 
Sometimes with kids, and sometimes with adults, I'll do this handshake. Say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's right. And so, Dios, Jesus Christos, Espiritu Santos, for you Spanish speakers here. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> Super secret handshake for you who's listening to the podcast. Email me, and I'll tell you how to do it, all right? So, he came at Pentecost like a rushing wind. Tongues of fire present come to rest upon the people, enabling them to speak in other languages. Uh, powerful scene. Uh, sometimes, many times, I've been in worship service, and I was like, God, man, would you just show up like tongues of fire? Would that just blow your mind? I mean, Royals, that's great. Chiefs, a great game. But if a tongue of fire came and rested upon you today, uh, you'd talk about it, right? You'd blog about it. You'd put it on Facebook. If you get a picture of that, it would be powerful for God to come. And, and, and I believe he does come upon us in certain ways and empower us this day. Now, it says he's living in those who have put their faith in Jesus. And we are the tabernacle, the dwelling of God. How many of you had the chance to go through the tabernacle? Remember I talked about it last week? A few of you did? Yeah, I, I got there late, Don. I'm sorry. You, were, you guys were already gone. I waited until it got a little warmer because <laughs> it was cold out there. But, but at the very end, it's talking about how we have become the resting place of God. Like the we are the, the um, temple of the Holy Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The temple of the Holy Spirit. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Matter of fact, you can turn to 1 Corinthians right now, uh, chapter 6, and we're going to kind of camp there uh, for the most part. So that would be a good time to do that, 1 Corinthians 6. Obviously, there's no shortage of material when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's all throughout Scripture. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, um, it's actually talking about sexual immorality. But in it, starting in verse 18, it says that we are to flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So we know where the Spirit is. We know where we got it from. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, we are to honor God with our bodies. So some good, clear teaching and some real neat revelation of where the Spirit um, is and where it came, comes from. So here's some names of the Holy Spirit. So you can stay right there in 1 Corinthians. Here are some names of the Holy Spirit. One is the third person of the Trinity, okay, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Trinity is the author of, or the, Trinity, the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. You know, is, all Scripture is God-breathed. That's where it comes from. He breathes that into man. Man writes it out. And that's where Scripture comes from. So the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is comforter and counselor. It's a word, parakletos, or paraclete. And it's someone that is called to the side of another. So like when you're in, in need and you need someone to come alongside you, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It comes, it not only lives in you, but it comes around you to comfort and counsel you. I think that's kind of a neat thought. If you looked, you don't have to look at it now, but if you took the next five days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and you looked at John 13 one day, 14 the next, 15, 16, 17, you would, you would get some incredible teaching on the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and also 
at the end the prayers of Jesus, but you'd get an incredible teaching on the Holy Spirit. So just a little homework there, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, okay? The Holy Spirit is a convictor of sin. John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Like he will, he will prove to us that we are wrong. And we, that, ugh, I don't really necessarily like to be proven wrong, but that is what the Holy Spirit does. And that's a gift though. It's a gift to show us and convict us of sin because God wants what's best for us, right? He doesn't want us to suffer and he wants us to deal with that. And so the Holy Spirit is one of his names, one of his jobs. He's the spirit of truth. He guides us into all truth, especially the truth that comes, um, or the truth about Jesus and the fact that Jesus came from God. And matter of fact, if you are talking to someone and their beliefs are not as such, where they do not believe that Jesus came from God and that he is God in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit can then reveal to you that you are believing the truth and that maybe what they're believing is not, is not the reality, it's not true. And so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's a reminder. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus did. That's in John 14. He reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. He's an advocate. He's one who stands in public support of something or someone. So Jesus, or the Holy Spirit is an advocate of Jesus. He stands in support of Jesus. He's like, I want to show you what Jesus has done, and I want to remind you of the things that he has taught. So he's an advocate for us, or for, the, for Jesus. He's a deposit or a seal Okay, now, ar, ar, he's not a seal like that. He is a seal. It says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That is in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, 1, 13. So you are, it's a deposit or a seal. The Holy Spirit is an interpreter. So the Spirit helps us understand what God has freely given us. And one of those things, obviously, that He's given us is the Word of God. There are times you're like, I just don't understand the Bible. I try to read it, and I don't understand. Well, one of the things that you can do is, is obviously practice reading it, and you get better at it. But one of them is to ask, Holy Spirit, please help me understand. Like, open my mind to receive this. Like, I want to know. And, I, and God is not going to forsake that, that request. Man, my kids, they come to me, Dad, I just, Dad, would you just help me? Dad, would you just, I got, a, I got an issue here, I just want to, will you just listen to me? And as a father, that's just, that's just money in the bank right there. You're like, yes, my kids need me. <laughs> Instead of just with their hand out wanting money, they actually need something from me. So it's a beautiful thing. So he helps um, interpret uh, the word of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a giver of gifts. You know that? Spirit comes to dwell in you. What does he bring with him? He brings gifts. They're spiritual ones. Have you heard of spiritual gifts? If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, every single one of you have at least one or two primary spirit, spiritual gifts that God wants you to use to glorify him and serve others. Every single one of you have that. And I, I know that because I see just on the people around me, every single one of them have different gifts. They bring something different to the table. Uh, look at the royals or look at the chiefs. I mean, they all have different gifts. They all play different positions, if you will. And so the Holy Spirit equips and empowers those people to play that role um, in the church. So I want you to think about the word gift, G-I-F-T, got it for them. Think about that. When you give somebody a gift, it's a little bit different than a present. A 
present is obligatory. You know, I feel like I have to get him a present. It's a wedding present, you know, or a birthday present. But, but when, when you get someone a gift, when you think specifically, like, I'm going to get this gift just for them. I'll pick it out. They're going to really like this. I know this is just their personality. I want you to believe that when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you by your faith in Jesus, he brings the gift just for you. Picked out just for your personality, just for your, um, your circumstance, where you're going to be, the, the, the part of the world that you live in, the part of the body of Christ that you're going to serve. And he brings gifts to you, and he helps you to um, use those gifts to serve others. And the good news is, is you don't have to worry about like, well, okay, I got this gift. I don't know what to do with it. Well, that's the Holy Spirit's job too. It'll help you know how to use it. It'll actually empower you to use that gift. My wife got me some power tools one year. That did not come with the Holy Spiritual gift for sure. I was like, okay, those are great. They look cool. One of my favorite things is the, the, the um, circular saw has a, like a laser light on it. I just played with the laser light, you know. It's awesome. But I'm like, how do you use it? I just now, I'm just still discovering how to use this saw. Like there's, new, like, there's this one thing that's like a guard or a guide kind of thing. I, I used it to like measure stuff. I didn't even know it was attached, supposed to attach it to the saw. It was, it was crazy. I'm just being honest with you. I'm, that's not my gift. I'm not wired that way. My big brother, that's, that's his gift, not mine. But I love trying to figure it out. And I love for you to say, well, okay, God, what is my spiritual gift? And I want to figure out what that is. And I want, to, I want to serve and I want to help out. Sometimes you fall and you stumble and you don't get it right. But okay, the, the Holy Spirit will equip you and help you know how to use them. Okay, one more thing. Is the Holy Spirit is a producer of fruit. Did you know the Holy Spirit is a farmer? Hmm, he's a farmer? Yeah. What is he trying to grow inside of you? Fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He's producing in you uh, things that will make you more like Christ. Patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, love. So he's a producer of fruit. Now you have a work to do in that. Now the Holy Spirit will do his part. He'll plant it in you. But you have a work to produce those things and make those things more. Because some of us are more patient than others, right? Some of us are a little more gentle than others. But those are all things God is wanting to produce in you because that is what the, the Spirit brings with him when he comes. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor, okay? We're going to turn just briefly to your left in your Bible to Romans 8. Just over the few pages there. In the same way it says in Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's good news when we don't know what to pray sometimes. And I, I can be there a lot. Like, God, I don't even know how to, how to even proceed. I don't even know what to pray, so Holy Spirit, just pray. And it says, and he searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the great thing about the Holy Spirit is he's going to pray in accordance with the will of God, what God wants, because he is God, the Spirit. And so he knows, he, he knows exactly what the will of God is, and he's going to 
He's going to take our groanings and our, our questions or whatever it is, and he's going to pray for us. And I think there's such great uh, peace and power in that. And then just over a little bit to your staying on the same page, or maybe on the same page, it is for me, in Romans 8.14. The Holy Spirit is a witness. Okay? So when a witness is called to the stand, what are they doing? They're testifying, right? They're testifying to what they know to help prove this, prove this case. They're, they're testifying. So the Holy Spirit is a witness, and here's what it says. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you have received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we, it says, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. So it witnesses and it testifies to who we truly are in Him. It testifies to our spirit that we are His children. I've asked... Um, Ryan and Emily to come. They, uh, there's a song that I've asked them to sing. It's a song that, as I've been pre- preparing for the last several weeks, actually, for this message, this particular song has just been uh, really powerful. And uh, so they're going to come up and sing a song called Holy Spirit. Which seems kind of fitting, huh? There's a passage in a book that my wife has been reading. It's called You and Me Forever, Marriage in the Light of Eternity by an author, his name is Francis Chan. He wrote a book called Crazy Love. And he, 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 this is some words that he used. He said, we have all gone through periods in life when we've thought, this can't be all there is. You feel trapped in meaningless routine and everything in you knows you were created for more. Life might be fun and relationships might be good, but you know something deeper is missing. You sense that, when you, that you were created for more and you want to experience a deeper communion with God and you, um, and you want to know where the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you undeniably. Like You want to experience that. You want to know that. You want to touch God rather than merely talk about Him. You long for a knowledge of God that goes beyond your intellect the kind of deep knowledge that only comes from experience. This happens only when you are on his mission. His love and power flow through you to others as you seek to bring him or bring them into his kingdom. There's nothing like it, and there's no other way to get it. How did Brady Rogers know to text message Billy the day before Billy went into surgery? Did Brady have a reminder on his phone, a little alert that came off and said, oh, I need to text Billy today once a month or whatever, which, by the way, that's not a bad idea. If you have someone you just want to keep in contact with, put it on your phone. That's what those things are for. Reminds you to do that. But the Holy Spirit prompted Brady. And then Brady was obedient, and he responded. That's how we begin to experience God in the power of the Holy Spirit, filling us up and prompting us and giving us the 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 wisdom and the courage and the knowledge to, to, to move forward. I want to show you a picture. Trish, would you grab the lights real quick? 
I'll show you this picture. On, I remember what day it was. I was getting some gas, and uh, I came out of Quick Trip. And when I was walking out of Quick Trip, it must have been it must have been the day that we had free coffee. Right? It must have been Monday. <laughs> yeah, woohoo! Yes, I got the Quick Trip sign up there, a little free advertisement there. Um, I was coming out of Quick Trip, and there is a a woman in the back of her SUV. She had the the back end up, and she was changing her little baby's diaper. And I was like, so, you know, I don't know any better. I just try to strike up conversations with anybody. So I'm like, all right, man, got to get down, take care of business no matter where it's at. She's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he blew his diaper out. So we had to take care of it right there. I was like, oh, he's beautiful. She's oh, thanks. And and um, I said, what's his name? Oh, his name's Grant. I was like, oh, that's cool. And Grandma was there, and she's like, yeah, he's coming with me for three days, you know. She's so excited. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm really excited for the couple because they're getting ready to take, like, three days off, you know, and they get a chance to just love each other. And so, I'm, so I go, and I'm putting gas in my truck, and I'm sitting at the, the bed of the truck and literally began to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come and flood this place and fill this atmosphere. Like, God, give me something to do today. Like, I want to... I want to just bless somebody today. That's an honest request, you guys. And that's something we could all do every day. Like, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to do. And I turn, and I see this. This is obviously the father. He's kissing his little boy because he's getting ready to hand him off to Grandma. He's going to be gone for a few days, and he's just loving on him. And kind of like a creeper, I'd like stuck my phone up, (laughs) snapped a little picture, (laughs) put it down. And then... And then all of a sudden, it came on me. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I could not help but go and shake this man's hand and said, I want you to know that you are the most important person in this little boy's life. I want to bless you today as a father. And the mother is like, oh my gosh. She goes, we received that. Thank you. And the grandmother's like, oh, that's wonderful. They're going to Maine for three days, and I've got the baby. Like, she's telling me the whole story. It's like, that's awesome. I said, I'm more worried about the parents because you know how they are. And they drop the kids off at daycare. They're weeping. The kids are like, see ya. You know, so, and I'm more worried about them. I said, you know what? Bless you as a husband and wife. Go and just enjoy yourself. Don't worry about your baby. Mom's going to, grandma will take care of him. You go enjoy being who God created you to be as a married couple. And they're like, you know, thank you. All right. Did I, did I change their life? Did I save their world? I don't know. But, I, but it changed me because I heard the Holy Spirit say, all right, you want something to do? Here it is. And then I had to go do it. I had to take that step. Yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, but it was almost like I was compelled so much that I could not help myself. Like it just like pushed me along over there and I was emotional I was like shaking I was kind of not really nervous I was just like overwhelmed by that moment now I don't want you to think well well, Brady you live like that every day sometimes but not every day but when I'm listening to the Holy Spirit when I'm asking the Holy Spirit Spirit come and fill me up like when he fills you he begins to reveal things to you that he that you've never never seen or never felt before because there are times when we don't feel very full of the Spirit. And that's when we need to question, is there sin in my life? Are there things that I'm doing that are causing the Spirit to be quenched or pressed down? If that's so, remove those things and let the Spirit fill up and overwhelm in you. So I think that's what Reuben was talking about. I got the Holy Ghost. Like I got the Spirit come up inside of me and I just felt different. I felt changed and I felt empowered for that particular moment. And we'll finish back in 1 Corinthians. 
kind of a obscure passage of Scripture kind of locked away in this in text that is kind of dealing with um, lawsuits among believers and sexual immorality. You're like, well, that's some real great devotional reading there. Yeah, it really inspires you. Um, but it's truth, and it's God's Word. And so I was, I was just looking for things about the Spirit of God, and this is, this is what I ran across. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. And so when you read a verse like this, and you take it kind of out of the page, and it says, and that is what some of you were, I would encourage you to read back and figure out what were some of us. What, what is he talking about here? And we're not going to deal with that right now. He says, and that's what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So three words I'll finish with. Purified, sanctified, and justified. Purified, meaning the washing, sanctified, and justified. You're dead in your sin, filthy, objects of wrath, a curse, separated from God. That's your position because of the fall of man at birth. Jesus says you must be born again by the Spirit in John chapter 3. At the moment of your conversion and your faith and trust in Jesus, you are purified, washed by the blood of Jesus, made clean. You go from dead to being alive and literally placed over in a whole nother area, saying, now you are justified by Jesus as if you had never sinned before, made alive, and you're here, placed in his presence. Purified first, seen as justified by Jesus. Like you just if I had never sinned, the righteousness of God is what you're claimed as because of your faith in Jesus, Okay? In the middle of this is this process of sanctification. You are made right by God. There's a process that you're going through. You are seen this way by God, but at the same time, there is a work that he's doing in you, and that's going to continue on every day of your life. He's sanctifying you. He's producing in you. You're adding to your faith things like knowledge, and knowledge, perseverance, and self-control, you're growing and you're changing. That is why we're here today. We're being sanctified. We're being cleaned up, set apart. Yeah, God, if you have faith in Jesus, God sees you as clean and righteous and justified. That's who he wants you to be someday. In our flesh, we're never going to look like that. But that's what he wants us to be. Conform to the image of his son. Jesus is, is constantly saying, come on. The Holy Spirit is prompting you and, and, and pulling you along to be this. The way God sees you. Like, he sees you so much differently than you see yourself. Don't, doesn't he? I mean, you see yourself as a failure, as a mess up, as unclean, as unrighteous, as unlovable. And that is not who Jesus sees you as. That's not how that man saw his little boy. That's not how I see my children. Yeah, I see their flaws and I get frustrated with them sometimes. But I see them as my, my children. I love them unconditionally. 
Does that make sense? And so this sanctification process, it literally says in 2 Peter that we have everything we need for godliness inside of us right now if we are a believer in Jesus Christ. Everything you need is there. All of the gifts, all of the fruits are there. Now what is our responsibility as children? It is to grow. It is to, to, to nourish ourselves with God's word. It is to, to, to listen and be moved along by the Spirit. It is to confess our sin and be forgiven of our sin. And that's the thing that happens like a continual process for all of us. We have everything we need to be sanctified, to be set apart, to be who God's created us to be. I, wanna, I want you guys to think about something. As we, um, as we finish with our last song, I want you to think, okay, in this process, where are you? Have you been purified from your sin? Have you put your faith in Jesus? It's never right for a pastor to assume that everybody in the room has already done that. If you have, and you stand justified before God, righteousness of God, And then you're in here somewhere. <laughs> you're being sanctified. You're being molded, shaped, and formed. Spirit, spiritual gifts given to you to serve. Matter of fact, if you want to really start growing in your faith, figure out what your spiritual gifts are and start using them to bless other people. It will make you come alive. It'll change everything. It'll take you from focusing on self and focusing on him who created you and focusing on other people. That, that'll change everything. So I want you to be thinking about that. Where are you in the process? And so, would you guys come and lead us? So I want you to do me a favor, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have I been purified? Have I put my faith in Jesus? Have I been born again? I've been washed by Jesus' blood on, that he's poured out for us on the cross. And if, if you have not, would you be bold enough just to put your hand in the air? Just put your hand up and say, I have not been purified. I've not justified by God. I'm still lost in my sin. Okay. Amen. So then ask the Holy Spirit, like, where am I at in this sanctification process? Like, what do I need? What are you telling me to do today, Holy Spirit? Are you, I need people to encourage me today. Do I need people to pray with me? So, if you were here this morning, you said, I just, need someone to, I just need someone to talk to, someone to pray with, no better time than the present. So just put your hand in the air if you say, I just need to talk with someone today, pray with someone. We're not going to make you come up in front of everybody, but we will pray with you. So just put your hand up if you're here this morning, just need someone to encourage you today, pray with you. Okay. Don't miss the opportunity. You can still afterwards talk with one of us, and we'd love to do that. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would seal in our hearts what you've done today. Let's pray for those who need to be filled up by you today, encouraged and 
moved forward to prompt them, God, and I pray that they would just be obedient and they would experience your presence in a new and powerful way. We just ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, hey, we just ask, um, for one, as you get ready to leave this morning, we do have the offering baskets available um, and for to be a part of the blessing here at the Calling Community Church. Next week, everyone listen, next week, do not come here, okay, unless, you wanna, unless you're part of the swim meet. You know, show up with your swimsuit on, <laughs> ready to go, because that's what's going to be happening here next. This whole building's going to be full of swimmers. So we're going to be at the Platte County High School in the Performing Arts Auditorium. That means we have 650 seats. There will not be a problem finding a place to sit. So my, my challenge to you is, is do not show up alone. Okay, if there was a time to invite somebody to church, next week would be it, all right? And so let's... Uh, let's Double our number, get people to come, encourage them to be a part of that, um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. It'll, it's going to be a unique experience. We'll be one big or small happy family in a big place, but we're excited about that. And also, yes, sir? I just wanted to say, Andrew, I got thank you, this church, and the blessing you Amen. That's right. You guys, you guys were the church last week, and you poured out blessing. It was incredible. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, he's so good. So good. And also, um, next week when you come, if you have candy to donate for the, uh, the trunk or treat, that's a great opportunity for us to get our name out there to a 1,000 kids coming through on the trunk or treat at the end of the month. So candy and friends, bring them with you in abundance next week at the Platte County High School Performing Arts Auditorium. All right? Bless you guys. We'll see you later.